0: Heisan, and hello. Welcome to Nordic Insights, where I introduce you to high-achieving Nordics and Nordic-inspired people with niche expertise in business, lifestyle, education, innovation, tech, travel, and more. I'm your host, Satu Raunola, a Finn passionate about all things Nordic, as well as yoga, running, sustainability, well-being, and great coffee. Listen in for some tips on Nordic approaches to a happier and more holistic business and personal life. Join me to explore Nordic common sense and trends in this complex world. This podcast is delivered to you every Wednesday. Welcome to another episode of Nordic Insights. My guest today is Sydney-based Dane Michael T. Hansen. Michael is currently Managing Director Pacific of Nilfisk, which is a leading global provider of professional cleaning products and services. Previously, he worked over eight years with the Trade Council of Denmark as the Trade Commissioner looking after Australia and New Zealand. Michael has also very extensive experience 20-plus years in the aviation industry, and I'm sure we are going to learn much more. Welcome, Michael. Great to have you here as my guest.
1: Thanks, Sato. I'm uh, very pleased to be a part of your show.
0: Now, before we start talking about your professional and very successful life in Australia, let's start with where in Denmark are you from? And I saw you were went to school in Rungstedt, beautiful Eurysund Coast. So is that where you're from?
1: Yes, I'm, I'm, uh, I was born in Cockedale, that is actually uh, very close to Rungsted and Hörsholm, um and grew up uh, there. And then uh, later on I moved uh, to Copenhagen in an apartment where we were in Österbro. And then uh, when we had uh, kids, we went back to, to the childhood, so uh, was placed in uh, in Hørsholm before we uh, went to Australia in 2009.
0: Okay, Rungsted is a special place because um, I've been there visiting Karen Blixen's uh, museum and house. And when I was a teenager, I was a huge fan of Karen Blixen, and uh, that was that is such a beautiful uh, part of the part of Denmark, the whole coastline.
1: Yeah, it is a beautiful spot.
0: Now, um, so how did you end up from Denmark uh, to Australia? Or oh, well, actually, what we before we start talking about Australia. You had a uh, very extensive career in aviation in Denmark.
1: Yeah, so I, I was working for a low-cost carrier called Sterling uh, that used to be the old Chairbohr Prast uh, uh, charter uh, company. And we um, I was there for 15 years. Um, at that time, we also merged with Maersk Air. Or Maersk Air. Um, so we were the leading uh, uh, low-cost carrier in, in Scandinavia uh, at that time. So uh, you can say in that business um, I did a lot of things because I started when we were only like 15 people and we grew to over 900, uh, 1,000 people at one stage. Um, so no, aviation uh, was a passion of mine and still is. Uh, I think this is about having the freedom to travel and give people the opportunity to travel for a, a lower f- uh, p- a price and challenge. The competition was uh, really uh, special uh, for me being a part of that Um so what happened was I, 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 we decided to go to Australia because we were posted by the Foreign Affairs uh, back in 2009. Uh, so we I spent eight years uh, with the Foreign Affairs, as you mentioned, uh, looking after Australia New Zealand, being the Trade commission of Denmark. Um, at, you can say over those eight years, we helped more than 200 Danish companies to establish themselves into Australia and also uh, help them to find distributors and so on. And you can say a a, a country like Denmark that is only two-thirds of... Tasmania's landmass. Uh, if you look in Australia terms, we're a very small country and we've got the population of 5.5 million people that is equal to what we've got here in New South Wales where Sydney is based, you can say having more than 600 Danish products in Australia is of course um, something for me that was very interesting and, and excited to, to help uh, uh, Danish companies to establish themselves into Australia so I spent 8 years with that After that, I I got the opportunity to uh, work for Nilfist, that is an old Danish company that was founded in Denmark in 1906. Um, They were after a new... uh, Uh, Managing director for Australia and New Zealand, uh, and I thought this would give me the opportunity to stay in New Zealand, uh, in in touch with New Zealand and Australia, and uh, so we as a family uh, have loved to be here, uh, and we wanted to stay longer, and and uh, I got the opportunity to lead uh, Nilfisk, uh, uh, so for us it was a, a very happy ending, you can say.
0: Mm, that's great uh, that you can keep your denmark connection going on all the day all the time even though you have different roles so if we go to uh back to your mission to promote denmark and and you know dealing with trade with denmark and australia so what was that journey like during that time when when you were there you were there eight years
1: You can say um, uh, in 2009 um, or 2008, where the financial crisis hit Europe, uh, it was very tough times for Danish companies or in general companies in Europe because of the financial crisis. And and as you know, Australia and New Zealand did not really went into a recession. New Zealand a little bit more than uh, than Australia, but Australia have had growth for, uh, you can say, 25 plus years in in a row at that time. So for me, uh, helping Danish companies to look further away than just Europe as an export market was a big thing. So we grow the export out of Denmark in in those years with more than 25%. um, And you can say... It was maybe because the Danish companies did not really look that far away. They looked more into the European countries to export to those markets. They looked to the U.S., but because U.S. had a financial crisis and Europe had... The Danish company was forced to look further away. So you can say for me, it was a win-win. There was an appetite for the Danish company to look further away because they've got overproduction. And at the same time, you had a country like Australia that did not went into a recession. So so I think everything went hand in hand. And that's the reason why we grow, you can say, the export out of Denmark and the relationship with Australia uh, uh, to a next level. Yeah. Uh, saying that, of course, um, the Sydney Opera House that was designed by a Danish architect, um, and the knowledge about Denmark, because of the Crown Prince and the Crown Princess uh, that is together now, have of course changed the perception about Denmark. So when I came to um, travelled in '92 in Australia and New Zealand as a backpacker, and um, I asked, um, and, and people asked me where are you from, and I said I'm from Denmark and they said oh so that is uh, is that uh, the capital of stockholm and is it sweden or are you from finland they didn't didn't know where denmark was and uh, they had the perception that um, that uh, they knew that Denmark was sort of a part of Greenland or Greenland was a part of Denmark. So they, they had the, 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 the idea that we have got ice beer uh, running in the streets. So they, they didn't e- even know what Denmark was or Scandinavia at that time. So now, of course, because of that relationship and also the, the cobble, that have, of, of course, helped the awareness um, for Scandinavia and Nordic uh, in general. So, of course, um, that helped us a lot. That when I, let's say, eight years ago, I start saying I came from Denmark or Copenhagen and so on, people will start saying, oh, Crown Princess Mary. They were saying Danish or Scandinavian design. They actually sometimes mixed Denmark with Scandinavia in a way where they said, oh, Ikea, or they would have said H&M, uh, you know, Simple Living, they would be saying... Noma, a world's best restaurant. They will be talking Nordic cuisine. So you can say, uh, I think that the Nordic region, uh, including of course uh, Finland and Norway, uh, Sweden and Denmark, had had a, a, a massive boost in Australia, uh, and because of the awareness of the way we live and the way that we've got a, a much better livability. So I think that whole buzzword helped also a lot uh, in those years to promote. Denmark, Uh, so all in all, uh, and I can see that already today, uh, we did not use the Nilfisk uh, in Australia to to have Danish flags or talk about we had a Danish heritage or anything. We started that a couple of years ago when I started, and we can see now that our market share is, is, is growing heavily. Uh, because basically they trust an uh, old brand. They because Australia, as you know, doesn't have a very long history. So when you come with a brand that have been uh, since the nineteen start- starting of the 1900s, uh, and you come with a brand that have got solid engineering, uh, a leading uh, cleaning, and you start basically talking about um, uh, that and use that in your marketing, it actually helped us to grow our market share. So, um, so I think. Using what we can in Nor- uh, Nordic and what we can in Scandinavia in Australia have a huge benefit for us being from uh, that part of the world as well.
0: Mm, that's amazing. And it's amazing to, to hear that there are 600 brands. So what are those things that, um, that Australians really like about Denmark and, and, and Danish products? And so what, what are those industries that are doing really well in here?
1: I would say that um, the whole thing about talking about livability, that we are very happy people, we have a good livability because of the society that we live in in Scandinavia, is of course also a matter of uh, Danish products. It's everything you can say. When you talk livability, you could also talk uh, sustainability, uh, being sustainable and uh, as you know, Uh, Denmark especially had an oil crisis in the 1970s where we could not drive our cars because we did not have enough oil and at that time the Danish government forced the Danish industry to already start looking at renewables so of course today Denmark is the number one producer of wind turbine and uh, wind in general Uh, so that have led to a very big export of sustainable and livability products out of Denmark but saying that it's uh, like Sweden as well where we've got a lot of good engineered product and a lot of good uh, product that that helps um, people to be in a better shape. It could be um, everything from good food or it could be uh, uh, products, uh, industrial products and so on. I think in general uh, Australia has just seen that trend um, and, and really adapt that uh, Danish uh, or Scandinavian culture. You can also see... It's less than um, eight years ago, Ikea opened in Australia and the success Ikea have had with their very uh, Scandinavian design, easy way of of living, more, uh, you can say, design, affordable design in homes. And I can say what I've seen over the last uh, year where we've had COVID, um, uh, where people have stayed uh, at home more than they've had in the past because Australians used to live outside and have big ba- gatherings and, and barbecues and so on I have seen people have start staying more at home, inviting guests at home, smaller groups and that have led to that we suddenly have seen um, that companies uh, that is in that field, whether it's cookware whether it is decorations whether it is furniture, simple living, um, they have had a massive boost under Corona and, 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 and we can see that um, at the moment that the Australian and, and, and people are adapting more a uh, Northern European lifestyle than they were in the past. Um, also, um, a, a, an observation was that uh, when I was here first time 25, 30 years ago in Australia. I did not see anyone using candles as we do in Scandinavia. We use candles, you know, for, for Christmas. We do it for, in the cold and dark, uh, you can say, evenings. We use our fireplaces with, with, uh, with and so on because of hygge, the whole coziness. And I think um, if you look now, at that time, if you go 25 years back or... Um, candles uh, was something you used on the graveyard uh, to to light a candle for people that have passed away and so on today Australians have adapted the same hygge or the same coziness so we will see people using candles inside their homes especially for christmas uh, and for 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 area, um, events um, in the evening and so on and also looking at wood burners and things like that that has become very popular Um, people are using wood burners. They are using uh, natural, instead of having gas heaters and so on during the winter, they will rather be burning a fire so it looks more cozy. Um, I've also noticed that when we came here, uh, there was a lot of homes that used a lot of air conditioning and a lot of heating because they did not insulate their houses people are start insulating houses now and actually using more the European way or Scandinavian way of uh, instead of having air condition, then having cross ventilation that you can open your windows and get a little breathe into your room instead of burning all that electricity so I think a lot of our livability a lot of our ways of, of living in Scandinavia is start reflecting in the daily life of uh, Australia. Uh, so, for me, that's of course um, something that I we worked on for yeah for eight years uh, exporting Danish knowledge, Danish way of living, and it start coming uh, across now. So, for me, that's um, have been a journey, and I, I think it's uh, it's nice to see. was also talking about um, uh, Danish products or Scandinavian products in, in, in general. If you go back uh, 10 years, there was not that many products in the supermarkets or, or special stores. Today, you can nearly get whatever we, we, we used to. And, of course, thanks to Aldi in some way, because Aldi have taken a lot of European products into their shelf and actually have added things that we would never have had in the market. So they're driving the changes Um and of course, coals and bullies. Um, that is adapting more European shelf space uh, is also adding to that we, as Scandinavians or Nordic, uh, have uh, been able to start using at least some of our lifestyle um, things like rye bread. That you know, can, you know, the Danes or are, are love rye bread. Suddenly, some of the very boutique um, bakers in, in in Sydney have start uh, saying this is our signature bread. We bake rye bread thursday friday saturday sunday and suddenly that have start coming into cafes uh so it's it's amazing to see how things are changing um it's amazing to see how a very old culture of you can say of of nordic uh, our cuisine and our way of living is start being adapted uh, such a far way uh, down under
0: Mm, I so agree, I, you know, exactly, I see exactly the same influence. Uh, I mean, I've been here 25 years and, you know, how things have changed in so many ways. And then the awareness of uh, Nordicness uh, and, and Scandinavia and, 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 and different countries are very strong in, in here. And it's, of course, thanks to uh, Mary, you have a very special, love loving relationship with, uh, with Australia. Now, if you think about your journey uh, and you fairly new MD with Neil Fisk, what was the, the change from you from, from coming from tr- as a trade commissioner and coming to Neil Fisk, uh, Neil Fisk must have been a bit of a cultural, big cultural change for you?
1: I'm not sure what you can say is a culture change because my colleagues at the Danish uh, Consulate and and the Trade Commission were mainly Danes or people that uh, had a Danish uh, relationship in some way and that's the reason why they worked there. So they were very Danish or Scandinavian in the way that they acted, the way they worked, the way they were thinking. Coming to a a Danish subsidiary in Australia where we've got in Australia and New Zealand more than 100 staff and I'm the only Danish uh, person here. Um, uh, of course, suddenly working in a complete Australian working culture, and when I say Australian working culture, of course, the the the, the beauty of working in a uh, in Australia is, of course, um, we've got a lot of nationalities working for for us. We've got Chinese, we've got Japanese, we've got Koreans, we've got uh, Vietnamese, we've got a lot of different people from around the world, but still fitted into as in into um, you can say a culture of working culture in Australia. So that was different, and I could see that um, the way that my staff was working was very much in silos and they did not really speak a lot to each other because that was not their culture. So I basically removed all offices, uh, put in Danish furniture so people could uh, start standing up working because in Denmark we all have got furnitures or or, or tables where you can raise your table during the day or you can sit down and things like that. So that whole way of working changed the whole dynamic. People start. walking to each other's disk we we're standing up, working together. And what I also did was, and that's where Scandinavian is, um, that we've got a suddenly a canteen where we can eat together. So everyone used to sit at the table eating their own little thing that they brought from home. Now we are all sitting together, having lunch at the same time like the Scandinavians Scandinavian are doing. And basically that changed the whole way. So suddenly we, we were a little family uh, in another way and that's uh, i think is very Scandinavian that we work as a team as one team one agenda and also that we that we spend so much time and we actually spend more time at work than we do at home those days so if you don't have fun and if you don't have it as uh, a good work environment it's, it's it's hard to go to work so changing that whole working culture was the, the number one uh, thing I did um, uh, to start with, and of course, bringing that more uh, Danish Scandinavian style of working uh, into an Australian uh, work environment, have have, have really get uh, got a lot of benefit. Um, um, just this that we today. Uh, put in a live christmas tree everyone said oh i remember when i was a kid the the smell of a christmas tree and it's live and so on you know that's very natural for us in in in, in Scandinavia to do that but everyone helped each other put it in and and decorated and and everyone has been talking about the christmas tree and you know the small things but just the smell of christmas Uh, so this about adapting some of the culture some of the things we've done um, i think that that uh, have been a very big benefit for me and the way um, my colleagues are now looking at uh, us in scandinavia of course sometimes they joke when i say oh i want this because we do this in denmark and uh, and so on and and and, in, and they have seen now it's actually working so I, i'm happy that i can give some of our culture back to so yeah
0: oh that's that's great that must be. They definitely. It must be so much more nicer environment to work when you when there is a, a more kind of coziness and freedom and, and and you know collaborative way of doing things. So um, I'm sure you you the spirit must be much better now than than it was before.
1: Yes, I think that um, that, that, that is for sure. It is hard work because um, it is a different way that we work in Scandinavia. So, of course, um, it took some time to adapt. But uh, after two years, everyone have adapted. And I think everyone really love it. And suddenly they start learning about that they uh, what have they done in the weekend. Uh, what are they doing with their families and, and things like that. So suddenly it was just not people just going to work, but it's actually people going to work and do care about their colleagues. So I think that have works very well.
0: Oh, that's great! Are there any other way how you inspire your your team? I think talking about inspire the team, this
1: about that we in in Scandinavia have a very very long uh, culture, a very very long history, with we a lot of ancestors, and have you know learned thing over hundreds and hundreds of years. Sometimes when we we work, um, uh, I like people to to think a bit a bit long term and not just all time short sighted because it's not just quick solutions we're not just doing something now and then uh, uh, we do something long term so we have got longevity in what we do of course that's a part of our culture where Australians live in the moment uh, but you can't not just live in the moment and not having a long term way of thinking uh, if you want to have a company that, that will be there for a long time so for me it's also talking about it's okay to say no, and it's okay uh, to say um, to set expectations because sometimes I've learned that um, the way that we set expectations in, in in Scandinavia, if we've got an appointment saying I'll meet you at two o'clock or I will do this, we will do it. We don't even have to call and, and reinsure that people is coming at that time or it's ready that day. So I think this is about re-insuring that we we agree on something, and if we agree on it, we stick to it. Also, if we cannot agree on it, uh, then we set the expectation. And then, if you say, "I will do this," and uh, I can't do it now, but I can do it in two weeks, then in two weeks you can come and say, "I will move it another two weeks." Uh, but if you upfront agree on something and we have got a, a, an alignment, that's where we, as Scandinavians, are very, you know. You didn't even have to call me and ask, um, Mike. Will you be on today for this uh, talk or chat? You know, it's in my calendar, and if it's in my calendar and we have agreed on it, of course I will do it. Uh, everyone else would have called me an hour before and say, "Remember, we are meeting today at this time, right?"
0: Yes, it's uh, it's so easier to work like that and operate in in because you, you have this trust and reliability that you don't you don't need to think about it it's so much easier to work like that so i agree i i actually really love it and and many times here i i do miss it now what inspires you uh
1: it it definitely gives me energy to see that the way that we have changed the culture and i i love my staff. you know uh i i've always been like this um I, I, I want to go in the front and help all my staff, and if there's someone that can't do things, I will go and help them out. I think this is about working as one team, one agenda, and lift together instead of working in silos. That inspires me because as a team, we can get much further than everyone else. That's, of course, one thing. Another thing that inspires me is that if someone tells me this is impossible, we can't do it, uh, I will do whatever I can, to find a way to do it. Uh, and that is the fighting way of also maybe a little bit about our Viking spirit that we've got because it was tough in the old days. But the Vikings, we will find a way to get it done. And maybe it's not really the way that um, uh, uh, that it was the dark way of doing it, but we will definitely do it. And I think that whole culture and the way of not giving up and not taking a no as a no, but turning a no to a yes, that inspire me big time and give me very much energy.
0: I love that. Now I'm sure that you have had many many highlights uh, throughout these years. Uh, if you think about your career, are, are there one or two that you really, really tops it all?
1: I think that um, uh, when we did uh, when I did work for, for the trade council, of course, in, um, in in 2013, where the opera house turned 40. We had a very big celebration. We had the Crown Prince couple in, in town being the protector for the Opera House. And uh, and the whole way of putting focus on Denmark as a design nation and also looking at um, that cooperation that Denmark and Australia have, I think that um, that 40th anniversary celebration for the Opera House was a very big thing for, for me and for Denmark. Uh, and also, that have followed up actually with a lot of Danish architects have start now coming to Australia. So, if you look at the new key quarter that has been built for AMP in the city centre, that's built by 3xn, a Danish uh, well-known architect. That is a new building that is twisting up, that is looking down at the Opera House. It's beautiful setting. They are also the one that won the new Sydney fish market so um, the new icon of the of uh, another new icon of Sydney so they will be building that as well and it was just announced uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, who was awarded to do the, the the construction so it's all well on its way so I think this about that being inspired and and things like that where Australia and Denmark have done a massive cooperation that that gives me a, a, a very good highlights and also give me energy.
0: Mm, that's uh, great, you know, I love that. And I have to say one of my highlights is when I had my own company and <clears throat> I launched the Hans Christian Andersen anniversary here in 2005 and that was a massive highlight and I will never forget that. It was like a, living in a fa- really fairy tale. It was fantastic. Uh, now, what about challenges? What, you know, if you think about back your your career and life, you know, what have been some of the challenges and how did you actually process those? How did you handle them?
1: For me, the big challenge uh, is of course working in Australia with Denmark or with Danish companies uh, where you've got a time difference with, between eight and 10 hours and have an understanding uh, and a neutral understanding with Denmark that when they wake up we are on our way to bed. So this about if you fire off an email or you send something before you, you go home, if they do not answer the first within that daytime and they wait another day, you're nearly two or three days' delays before you get an answer. So, this is about communication and making sure that if you've got issues and you have to get it solved by someone in Denmark, that they understand that uh, a lack of urgency will delay the decision process uh, down under, you can say. That's a challenge. Another big challenge is, of course, that we are nearly two and a half months uh, away by uh, by uh, by sea uh, so if you need products from Denmark or from Europe and they're getting delayed because of storms and things like that you have to plan a lot in advance uh, to have the right stock levels to serve your customers locally so there's about time zone and distances from Denmark to Australia That's I think that's my biggest challenge in a day to day because it's so far away and having the perception also that um, often perception is reality. So uh, if people think you are far away, you definitely are, even though you can fly things. And so it's all about changing perception.
0: Definitely. Now, um, what are the some Danish and Nordic traits that you can identify within yourself that have, have made you successful?
1: I think we've touched on it earlier, but uh, you can say uh, this about we having, um, as I said. Um, Twenty-five years ago, when you said you were from Denmark and and so on, no one really knew where Denmark was. Now everyone's aware. Everyone's aware what Scandinavia and Nordic is. Is of course that have been helped well, um, as as we talked about the Crown Prince couple, Crown uh, Princess Mary. It have been helped by Nordic cuisine. It has helped about our whole happiness and livability, um, Scandinavian design, um, and and so I think all this uh, have been. Uh, a, a huge uh, benefit for personally me because I, I work to grow that awareness and also work to grow Scandinavian businesses or Danish businesses into Australia
0: How do you see that you add value to your community? I think it's about
1: being open uh, and, um, and, and, and you can be honest and be directly uh, that's a very Scandinavian uh, and a very Danish way um, I remember when, when, when I came to Australia <clears throat> and had to reply to an email I just replied to an email I forgot to say please and thank you and um, I'm, um, I'm happy and I'm so glad and, and you know all the feeling words right so in the beginning people they thought I was so rude I was the most rude <laughs> person on earth because I forgot this I was just demanding things but the reality is that we in our language the way we, we talk and the way we do things in Scandinavia we just say what we want and we don't uh, put all those feeling words in. Of course, I'm doing it now because I know that's that's a part of, of the way of working and living in Australia. Remember to please and, and thank and all this. But in the beginning, uh, that was one of my, my learnings that uh, watch out that you're not too rude in, in the way that you <laughs> should, uh, uh, write email.
0: Yes, I can definitely relate to that. I had exactly similar similar issues when I came here. Now, I saw your article in the Danish Design Magazine that you have a beautiful holiday house and and it's all Danish Danish design. So can you tell us about that story?
1: Yeah, it, it was a story because uh, <clears throat> uh, maybe five years ago, everyone was saying it's so expensive to build a house in Australia and uh, you can't have a sustainable home and, and things like that. And and we took the challenge up and say that's not right. Of course we can make a sustainable home in Australia. So we decided to build a, a house off-grid in the outside of Blue Mountains uh, with a lot of land um, so we have got the beautiful views. We actually said, so how can we... And that was my wife, that is a graphic designer and in interior design. And so so she also said, why don't we find a concept where we draw a house like we did when we were kids a box and a and an angle on top as a roof and we called the project The Barn and um, a lot of people have said are you expecting snow in Australia since you have that uh, 90 pits uh, um, and we said no but we actually want the during the, um, the summer the heat to rise so it's cooler in the house so using the Scandinavian way of thinking Using Velux windows and and um, uh, you can open windows so you can get cross of insulation. So, even on a day of 40 degrees plus, we don't run air condition. We don't spend energy wow. because it's still cool. Yeah. And the secret behind it is, of course, also that the house is very well insulated. So, using the Scandinavian way of, of living, the Scandinavian way of many, many years of old building technologies, we did that. And... We are off-grid. We are living on solar power. We uh, have got battery storage, so we can run through battery uh, during the night. And um, basically the water in water tanks, so we completely off-grid. So we succeeded building a house uh, that now have gone uh, virtual, not just in Denmark. It, it went to, to um, a, mag- a mag- magazine in Germany, in France, Spain... It's coming in Grand Design in UK. It's going to come in Bill uh, or one of the other design magazines in Australia very soon. So it's just gone. Uh, everyone is just talking about it, and it was a concept where we wanted to show that we could, with simple living, make a house that was off-grid, very Scandinavian, and that's what we did. And um, and and it's very successful
0: that's fantastic and I definitely i put the link in, in the um, show notes for people to see because it's absolutely stunning and it's such a great story that it's so sustainable now can you give us some advice to our listeners who have big dreams or uh, you know growing their career and um, and and be, in, and be successful in business life so what things have worked for you
1: being honest being open Uh, say what you think, uh, not hide things, not having hidden agendas. Even sometimes, as I said earlier, um, if you can't do things because of something, say no and set expectations so people know when you can deliver, uh, if you have to, um, on a later stage, but then deliver on those times. So all this about being honest, being open, being yourself, never slam the door so if uh, never because you're going to meet people in life again or you're going to meet people in business later on so this about always being open honest and being yourself and do take care of all your colleagues all the time Uh, i think that that's where i have seen a lot of success because if you give a lot when you need to take you can also take
0: Mm. Great advice. Thank you so much. Well, it's been absolutely delightful to talk to you, Michael and get insights and learn about your journey. So it's much appreciated. I know that you're very, very busy. I uh, wish you all the best of success for your career and, and also for the rest of the year. And uh, let's hope that uh, next year will be very successful for all of us and less, less hassle and less negative things <laughs> coming up.
1: I'm 100% sure, So I'm 100% sure next year is going to be a different year, right? Um, 21. Everyone thought going into 2020, that would be the the year of success. But no, 21 might would be the one. And I think we all have gone through this year in a very strange way. But... Sometimes when things are a little bit hard and things are strange, you actually get new solutions, you find new ways of working, you know, you find new way of doing things. So I think on the bright side, we have learned, all of us have learned a lot about the year 2020 and, and the whole COVID. And I think we can use that and it's going to change the way we work. It's going to change the way we, we live. But hopefully, as I see it to the better. So we had a year where we just had to stop up, but I'm 100% sure 21 uh, will, for all of us, be uh, much uh, uh, different, and, but also a success.
0: I so agree with you, and, and thank you so much for your time. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate if you would leave a quick rating and review. You can also find Nordic Insights on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening. Voi hyvin, Hadesopra. take care.